0: Hello, it's Mike Richards here from the Treasury Recruitment Company. I hope you're enjoying the Treasury Career Corner. If you are, great news. Perhaps you give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast content. This means that even more treasury professionals can benefit from finding out or by finding out about how treasurers have achieved their career goals. The link to rate our show will list at the bottom of our show notes. And please remember as well, the show itself is as much about you as it is about us. If there are specific questions you want us to ask or this feedback you want to give, please drop me an email. My direct email is mike at recruitment.com, inventably enough. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get on with the show. So welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview Treasury professionals about their Treasury careers. I talk to them about how they got started in Treasury, where they are now and where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. In this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Susanna Aristobal, the Assistant Treasurer at Bombardier Transportation. Bombardier, the world's leading manufacturer of both planes and trains. With 60 production and engineering sites in uh, 27 countries, 69,500 employees, they are truly a global leader in transportation. Headquartered in Montreal in Canada, The shares are on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And in 2017, posted revenues of over $16 billion. Susanna is originally from Colombia. She holds a graduate diploma in international business, also an MBA. And she's also a CTP, which we'll go into. What I do a lot of the shows, I outline people's backgrounds and everything else. But what I'd rather do, Susanna and I know each other rather well... I'd rather just kick off from those early education days and get Susanna to tell her story rather than me keep on wittering on. Susanna, take us back to your beginning of your journey and how you first ever started maybe from education and then in Treasury.
1: Thank you, Mike. Yes, actually, my interest in Treasury dates back from my early days at university. I really felt I enjoyed financial mathematics the most. And I chose to go into a major in uh, corporate finance. Later on in my studies at the master's degree, I also felt this is this is the field where I, where I really en, uh, enjoy. And then from then on, I graduated from the MBA and I started as a part-time uh, lecturer at McGill University um, teaching treasury management. And it was just, I think it was a chance of life <laughs> that I was put into that, um, actually, that program itself, because I had an option to even go in deeper into the topics of treasury and convince myself that this is what I wanted to do professionally.
0: But did you know about treasury so now, before that, or how did you find out about it?
1: I um, I was a tutor in uh, many fields related to finance, so I, I tutored. Um, financial accounting, cost accounting, economics, microeconomics, um, and corporate finance was uh, by far my favorite. And through the um, university, because they knew me uh, before, they invited me to, to be a lecturer, and it so happened that the teacher that was giving treasury management had to step out for a term, and so I was there. It, it just really... Uh, landed on my desk <laughs> but what happened afterwards is that as i enjoyed so much the topic and i really devoured the books and and the classes were so amazing with the students then i i soon after i found my my job with bombardi which was then a full-time job right exactly in the treasury department
0: wow and that was back in what 2005 is that right
1: yeah 2005 i um, I started as an analyst as a, in the front office, so truly the trading desk, very much entry-level. Despite my degrees, let's say, at that time, an MBA, you could have said, or you could have expected, I, I, I say it from my colleagues of the day, were um, going into other levels. But for me, it was so critical to go from the very beginning of Treasury and, and just learn from from it, from the ground learn up. the rope.
0: And then, also, you made a move, just to backtrack for a moment, you made a move from Colombia to Montreal and, and things like that. How was that shift? Did you, how did you find the difference maybe in the way that the treasury team operated or the corporate operated from some of your previous experience?
1: In, uh, in Colombia, I was working as a consultant mm-hmm. and this role, in fact, I was working with uh, the six largest banks in Colombia in some of the the most innovative ideas of the time. Mm -hmm. For example, one of the projects I worked on was introducing electronic cash. Okay, today's day, that sounds like, but of course. But back then, this was a major deal, the value carrying cards, this was innovative. And I just felt I really enjoyed this. Now, as a consultant, um, it's pretty standard that after certain years of doing um you know your consultancy you need an mba to progress in your career so that was my moment i had to i had to do an mba and ideally come back to colombia and then in this same consultancy firm grew uh grew my uh, into a partner or a manager or etc but um once i was in montreal and i chose to to study uh there because of uh, family ties and and i also speak french and i really enjoyed the the quebecois culture I, I found myself in a very good field. I enjoyed, uh, particularly, I had very good professors that I felt this is, this is uh, great, and I wanted to do more. So I did actually two programs of international business at McGill University, uh, sorry, two programs. One was international business, and the other one was e-commerce.
0: Mm-hmm. We're
1: talking year 2000, where e-commerce was a boom, right? And, mm-hmm. we, and I thought, I need to learn all about it. So, I did e commerce, and and following that, I started my MBA with HEC Montreal, which was a program. It was bilingual, it was English and French. And HEC is very well known in Canada for its emphasis in finance. Mm. So, some of the best professionals in finance careers, treasuries, corporates, uh, bankers, have come from HEC. So, it just felt right uh it, it was the path was uh, was the one i wanted to follow and led me to where i am today
0: yeah into bombardier and things and as you say you started uh, from the early days as an analyst within bombardier talk us through that progression because you've been with bombardier since 2005 so 14 years now talk us through how it grew and how it's changed because Obviously in one one company we spoke to Mark recently from Johnson Controls, and he'd been sixteen years there. What kept you and what kept your interest as you moved through the company?
1: That's a good question, Mike. I can say I've been almost fourteen years with this company, but I've never had a day that looked like another. It's just been evolving, challenging, very um, very motivational in terms of growth personal growth and professional uh, implication in the task that i do so let me tell you about my role so then you you get a feeling of it so i started in the front office as i said i was a trader. I was doing the the daily position, the the FX trades, and I got very interested on in how we used to work. I, I remember it was so manual. We had a very rudimentary TMS, which you can barely get the deals into it. it. It had no connectivity to anything. It was it was basically Excel, and we spent a lot of our time making Excel reports and printing them out and. And I just felt like there, there must be something more than than this, and and I I basically raised my hand to to be involved in a selection implementation of the new TMS. I'm talking back then, it was actually Globes for uh, something that is no longer in use by uh-huh. corporations of our size. But I, I got involved into that project, and by by being in and implementation, I had I learned not just about front office. I learned everything about you know accounting, the accounting link, the reconciliation, what back office does, what how to process. Interest derivatives uh, liquidity uh, so many things that really opened up my mind to what I wanted to do next in my career. At that time, I wanted to do um, I wanted to increase my knowledge of treasury, and that's when I uh, I got a very good advice from one of the seniors in the organization to to do the CTP. So I, I immediately went back and looked at it and said, "Oh, this is great! Uh, a lot of studying, I have to say, very heavy. I did it over a summer, so the summer was a bit uh, sad. All my friends were going out and uh, to, <laughs> to barbecues and whatnot, and I was stuck um, with my very heavy book. But I really felt that that gave me a, a boost, and it really helped me know that." That there is actually more to Treasury than I was just doing in my initial role.
0: In role there. And and just for those of you that the listeners, some some of you may know, but the CTP, obviously certified Treasury professional exams run by the Association of Finance Professionals in the US. And it's a usually a sometimes a one year program, but you were doing it quite quickly or talk us through.
1: No, it's a, it's a one-year program uh, if you want to do it the normal time frame, but it's an exam in July. But when I decided I wanted to do it, it was uh, January, and I said, I, I, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was more like, um, yes, yeah, I, I could have delayed it, but I was really into it. Uh, as I said, I, I was doing it for the exam itself, for, for getting the certificate, but for me it was more like, I really need to learn uh, so much more. And I enjoyed it. Amazing. So what happened afterwards is that um, Bombardier um, had said to had had a treasury center in in Zurich and the other one in Montreal where I was. I was in the corporate office, but they decided to make some changes and to really uh, boost the the Zurich office more um, more scope to really head all of the transportation. A treasury needs globally. So it was. It used to be the European treasury center, but now it became the global treasury center for the transportation group. And that was very appealing to me. So again, I raised my hand and said, um, I'm available. I'm interested. I, how can I help? Uh, or what's, what can be done?
0: Yeah. And you, and you made a move there when you started, how big was the team or what was the transition? You know, you walked into the office, how many people did it grow from and to? Hmm.
1: Well, it's different times. It was, I mean, the office had about 30 people, but it included also structure, finance and insurance. Right Now actually that same office only has about uh, 18. So we've actually done a lot of, um, a lot of, You know, you you can call it uh, downsizing or streamlining or outsourcing in in those in the last 10 years, uh, I would say. But back in the day when I arrived in Zurich, things were great. It was great. We had a great treasurer uh, leading the team. Mark Kirkland had come over from Philips and had great ideas of uh, of what a treasury should look like, a state-of-the-art treasury, and that was very inspiring for me. Those were probably the best uh, years my career was really uh, having the feeling that not only I want to change things, but I'm also supported to change them, and and I was actually mandated to make things better in everything that we were doing. I came on a two-year delegation and stayed historic, yeah. as i said i i can I cannot remember how fast the time was just flying and project after project and initiative after initiative, new people joined new changes uh, all of this just kept it very dynamic, very interesting.
0: What was yeah. mark 's ethos around treasury i I know this, but again for the listeners. What's Mark like? And you know he came in, and all oh, right, let's let's turn the handle on Treasury, but it's not like that. Mark, that's not Mark's way of doing things. Explain maybe you know you said you were doing lots of things. What were you taking Treasury from, and to, and what did he want to do, and what did you want to do?
1: Mark is a visionary. So for me, he inspired people to to do best and to to also see beyond what we're doing today. So we yes, he arrived in a Treasury that was it's still very manual. Okay, the Treasury in had a TMS, so it was a little bit more ahead of the game still. There were still a lot of processes that were manual that were not compliant in his mind. He's like we are we, we have so many doors open for fraud, for risk, for just mistakes. So he really came in to strengthen the environment and to streamline. He was very good at conveying this message to all the employees that it's not acceptable what we had. It was yeah. it was very clear that there is room for improvement. For example, I just give an example that maybe some people in the audience will relate to. Confirmations they were being done by fax. Huh? Oh, wow. So yes, there were piles of papers on the desk of clerk that had to process them by fax. So clearly that was not acceptable. the the, the risk of settling deals that had not even been confirmed because the person could not process that many facts uh, on a day. And right away, we said, well, we need something to match deals, electronically, electronic trading, all of these things that today I I say when I hire new people, they all take it for granted that it's obvious that Treasury must have an online trading tool. When Mark joined and I joined him very soon after he started, It was taking the treasury from those very um, basic settings to what it is today, Uh, a very different, almost automated, very streamlined reporting and also very compliant in in what we do.
0: And then you moved through roles, you directed cash management, financial risk management and then became the assistant treasurer branch manager. Just just talk us through very briefly the, the progression for you.
1: When Mark engaged me was as director of cash management, uh, it's a role that actually I enjoyed very much because it had so many... um actions that translated into real things you know implementing a cash pooling uh, we had a lot of the eastern Euro- european countries were not pooled at the time when i joined and i went uh, from uh, a 50% cash pool to 85% cash pool this was amazing and as i said today people say oh how come it's not 100% cash pool but nobody remembers that actually it was 50 and uh, we are proud that we got to 85. Okay, we are yeah. a bit farther now, but I'm just talking about my days in the role of cash management. Then um, the financial risk uh, management department was, was headed by a colleague of mine, and he had to unfortunately take a leave of absence almost without much uh, advance notice. And again, I raised my my, my hand and said, "Hey, I can I can take over for him. He was only going to be gone for six months." So I said, "Okay, let me let me take uh, the team." I'm is not something I'm is is not my expertise because it involves a lot of hedge accounting and project accounting. But again, I just wanted to learn something else and stretch, you know, my pool of of competencies. So I I started doing uh, financial risk management on a on a term basis. It turned out that by the time the six months had passed, uh, our colleague was not going to return to that role, but he had accepted another role within Bombardier, a good opportunity for him. So I was then staying in this role. I took a department that had, uh, of course, very focused on hedge accounting and that was not my expertise. So I had to very quickly learn all there was to be about hedge accounting to be Pair with my colleagues because my, my team members almost didn't believe in me. Like, what does she know? She's she's cash management. So it, sometimes like proving yourself, but also just uh, for me, it was not comfortable to not know what I was doing. And... And I was facing, you know, uh, head of consolidation, the head of audit, the, the external auditors with very tricky questions. So I ramp up in my knowledge very quickly. And I also, with the support of Mark at the time, very focused on improving what the department was doing. And because of that blessing, I was able to really contribute to the tasks uh, at hand. So we had huge amounts of FX to project, to, to hedge our projects, our trained projects. So each train our London Underground project, kind of a mini company, we protect that project on its own. We don't hedge the UK legal entity or the German legal entity, we hedge each project. So it becomes very, very heavy in Volumes are, are quite large, but also very delicate. You know, when, when a hedge is uh, ineffective or where we have to disqualify, it impacts the project's profitability and therefore gets a lot of attention from upper management.
0: You learned all about that and then got promoted yet again and, you know, carried on your career. Talk it through.
1: Yes, the next step was to, to be promoted to the assistant treasurer. At the time, uh, there was a reorg in the business, and therefore it really meant taking over cash management again, that used to be my department, then staying with FX and then adding these roles. So really the objective was to have one single person overlooking at all of what treasury is and their interconnectivity to improve synergies and so on. With this move, I I increased my team to seven direct reports. Uh, Fortunately for me, I had a Very good experience with all of them in the previous uh, activities I had done. So it was very easy in a way to kind of bring the team together. So we were no longer like four teams. We were one team and we were all interconnected. Cash management was supplying information to back office. Back office was helping front office. Front office was helping uh, controlling and compliance. So it it really went, it was a good move to make, just meant the team was more cohesive and, and we worked together much better.
0: What do you like, you know, looking at that team? You've gone from managing group of three to overseeing the work of 10 people plus sort of thing. What do you like as a boss?
1: Seeing the development of people over time, it's very rewarding. Sometimes you're given a team, let's say, and uh, people say, oh, I didn't choose this person or I didn't, or these skills are not present or this, But but you accept what you have and you know you have to improve it. You yeah. or yourself, myself as the boss, I need to improve, but so are the members of the team. Identifying this, talking to the person, seeing okay, this is something, this is an area we need to improve, or or simply saying, you're very good at this, you really add this, you bring so much to the team because of this skill or this know-how, do it more. And, and so over time, seeing how this the people grow and the team becomes better is quite rewarding.
0: So, Susanna, what would you say within your Treasury career has been perhaps your, your greatest challenge or your toughest challenge so far?
1: Hmm. Uh, that's difficult to answer, Mike. Overcoming challenges is almost part of the job description for a Treasury role. Yeah. But okay, in my personal situation, the toughest challenge has been staying healthy, focused and motivated. There are way too many challenges on the day-to-day, resistant to change, politics, unexpected demands, changes in the team or in the management, you name it. And through it all, I had to remain focused on the goal and on the purpose of our tasks within the organization and within society. I, I often remind myself and my team to reflect on the purpose of our roles. We're here to make sure Bombardier has enough liquidity at all times to pay our employees, suppliers, partners so that we can continue building the trains that transport millions and millions of people every day to their homes. When I put this image in my head, I feel encouraged to do what it takes. Really I, I yes, I know it's it's all about the bottom line, but for me personally, the bottom line the bottom line is the community where we serve
0: then looking at treasury you've got a passion for treasury you know that comes across just when we talk and I know you know Susanna very well as well but why would someone pursue a career within treasury what's it given you you know like obviously you've got so much great stuff and we're talking about the improvements you've seen where you are but why would someone you say yeah you need to do treasury you know you've coached MBA courses (laughs) as well so you know you're pretty biased in a good way for it but why would someone pursue it?
1: Yes, I would say this. This is a factor here uh, to choose treasury will be um, speed. If you like fast-paced, variety, challenging environments, then then you have already fifty percent. <laughs> because if if this is not for you already from this perspective, you will you will have a difficult uh, time to 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 fit in a yeah. treasury role. The other factor I would say, indeed, is hard skills, but in this case I would say you need to enjoy numbers, and I really mean enjoy. It's not the idea of, oh, I'm being comfortable with numbers, or large. I've seen in some uh, advertisements like you need to be comfortable with large sets of figures or complex financial models. Well, I don't think being comfortable is enough. You really need to enjoy, you need to feel the passion already. Because, without this, you you would not be able to develop this. You can learn the skills. you can I mean, you can learn the technical, you can go to courses and acquire this knowledge and and, like I said, over time, develop this. but if you if you don't have that in your blood, this passion, you there's no one, not even your boss or not even a colleague, that can actually inject it to you. So you have to have this. If you have it, then you're you already know that this this can be a career for you.
0: And when you're recruiting, we've recruited for you in the past and things like that. What what do you particularly look for? You know, obviously as we know, we're hosted today by the Treasury Recruitment Company, but we try not to bang on about that too much. But what are you looking for when you recruit yourself? What what's you stand out to be is it qualifications, is it attitude, or is it a combination of the both? Or what do you look for?
1: I call it the personal drive. Sometimes you can sense it by reading the CV or the motivation letter, but more often it's something you feel in an interview. Mm -hmm. So when I don't see it, I often try a second interview or a follow-up call because I I do believe most people have it and I'm just looking for the one that has the the strongest uh, personal drive. And what do I mean by personal drive? It means the, the positive attitude towards challenges, towards change, towards teamwork and understanding that there are deadlines uh, you know and compliance to be met
0: how do you measure it
1: it's a statement that understand you know if if you understand the role will be difficult and and the person is looking for difficult you know and and wants to make uh wants chances to make a difference to bring up ideas to solve problems then then the person will 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 come across and in, in w- will stand out in, in, in my interview process. If the attitude is more like the person expects paved roads, road free uh, uh, of problems, is everything already automated? Can I just come in and go? Then then clearly you will not succeed in the role once you're hired. So, coming back to your question, how do you put that in an interview? It's, it's really through examples. Uh, when, when you're going through the questions and the clearer examples that are provided by the candidate on how they've approached challenges in the past or for example, reorganizations, how they approach change of management, uh, how did they take on regulation, how, what yeah. happened with Dodd-Frank was implemented, how did you handle it? And the, and the response, the, sometimes you see it in the in their face when they say, oh, it was such a burden, it was annoying. And, and others would say, yeah, that was a great opportunity because I got to do, uh, I got involved in the project and I, I had to do a lot of traveling to meet other people. So you, you see it in the way those examples uh, attitude yeah convey the message
0: yes yeah have you ever struggled to recruit staff obviously you know location wise can sometimes be challenging when you've been in switzerland and the things but what have been the challenges for you in the in past years
1: yes so oh, i had a few <laughs> <laughs> i had a few uh, challenges myself Recruiting is difficult because, of course, you have an expectation and and you're in this balancing act of between getting the resources as soon as possible, but getting the right resource and within a budget. And and you have to follow the standard process that is quite lengthy sometimes. And and unfortunately, it takes you a little bit away from that human side I talked about. Right. This is all, uh, you know, we know we have to go through these um, uh, algorithms that do the preselection of candidates. And as a hiring manager, sometimes I feel really frustrated of what the algorithm gives me. You know, it's—I say it sometimes. I find it hard to believe there are not that many more enthusiasts for a treasury career in a global organization like Bombardier. We don't get that. We sometimes we struggle because of this. uh, Following that process gets us not far away. So that's what I I think. we have to use uh, other methods through my network, through you, Mike, through peers. That has often saved the day for us. Yeah, just being in contact uh, through LinkedIn or through the various um, treasury activities where you breakfast or things organized by banks, and just say it out loud. I'm looking for someone with these uh, qualifications, with this attitude, and and soon enough, you you can hear out, you can hear back faster than than the job posting uh, has driven.
0: Yeah, effective networking and things. Yes. Two things I wanted to sort of, you know, the evolution of treasury, you've seen it change throughout your time. You talked there, you know, right back at the beginning about confirmations and people now being surprised their auto confirmations and everything else. That you've seen it evolve so far to today. What do you see as the next things? You know, we see there are various challenges in the global landscape. We're not going to go into those. It's more, but where do you see... Cha- treasury changing what challenges do you see coming along what's the evolution if you like
1: yes and my, Mike I would say I feel myself like we are in a crossroads already okay. been a few years into this moment in within treasury And there is a connection to recruitment uh, when we get to it. It's it's this feeling that Treasury, first of all, is not an isolated department anymore. It's so connected to the business, to accounts payable or to to supplier management, to procurement, to sales. And and so you cannot longer move uh, or or take actions in Treasury with a closed mind or this is just impacting us in Treasury. It's really very open scope. That's when it comes with internal, uh, what the internal as, uh, aspect is. But externally, I would try to summarize it as a, all the technology trends of not just automation and all the possibilities that we see today that were not there uh, a few years back uh, pose as much an opportunity as a risk. You, as a treasurer, you need to be you feel like you need to know all about them. You need to be discerning because clearly you cannot use everything. You have to choose. And then how do you get the skills to to this decision-making, to this selection process? It's not something that is given at the university or at the master's degrees these days. That's IT or technology, let's say, and fintech. But there's another side of it, which is I'm surprised or I'm not surprised. I knew this was happening, but how much time a treasurer spends these days on talks about regulation and complying to new regulation and new, 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 permanently new regulation. So we had in the last, in in my career, I, I've gone through some regulations, but you know, they would come like every two years or so on. But in the last two years alone, we've had a mass of regulation uh, changes and you almost, used to be like you get a, you get a committee to look at the, a regulation change and you look at it for months. Now it's like you get an email on Monday, by Friday you need to comply with this. Yeah. And, and that's the pace. I'm saying we are, we are at crossroads because when it comes to staffing a team of treasury, the skill sets that I used to recruit on 10 years ago or 15 years ago are completely different right. okay, to what I need today. I need more IT-savvy people. I need people that have, of course, the core skills of treasury and the know-how of the technical parts. You need to know how, what to do on a net present value, and you need to know how what duration is in bonds and, and so on. But you also need to have all of this ability to take the regulation. So you must have had a course in law, you must have had a course in programming. You must have taken a little bit of relationship management to work with the banks and vendors and so on. So it's expanded, I think, in a good way. But it's challenging because we're also facing now the millennials who bring up a lot of these skills, but are also looking for different things in a career. To attract talent, but also to retain talent, it's, it's quite critical for the treasurers of today.
0: Yeah, find that balance and everything else. And with yourself, you know, as you look to the future, obviously things are changing. I mean, what's next for you? Where do you, you know, what are you looking for next?
1: Next is a new team. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really looking for, I'm finishing a very good chapter of my life with Bombardier um, mm-hmm. this year. A lot has has happened. I, I've grown a lot and I'm very proud of every moment I've spent in this company. And now I'm moving on to, to find new opportunities, ideally uh, new um, challenges <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. looking for, uh, places where I can really continue with this uh, thrive towards uh, process improvement, towards uh, automation, and really to be there, to be that kind of treasure that is able to to, to really bring a team together and make things happen as I, as I successfully did in Bombardier.
0: Yeah. And if someone's looking back, and what advice would you give to them? And you know, they just stand alone as someone's new and looking at your background.
1: I'll try to combine it all in one word: persevere. I think it boils down to this uh, desire to learn new things, to enjoy what you're doing, but also to not stand still. Challenges will come, obstacles will be there for sure. This is a role where the treasury is a role that every day in and out you're facing challenges, you're facing difficulties, everything from finding funding for your subsidiaries or finding um, counterparties to do your FX or to settle or etc. If you find these challenges are encouraging you, and you persevere in seeing these challenges as opportunities to grow and to succeed and to bring a lot of value to the organization and the community where the organization is serving, then that's what will take you farther in your career.
0: Right. Wow, what a great wrap-up to today's show. Um, just want to say thank you to Susanna for her time today. We'll publish in the show notes Susanna's link. And you know, thank you once again for talking through your career. Look forward to working together in the future.
1: Thank you so much, Mike. I really enjoyed
0: sharing this. Thanks well, a pleasure. lot. Thanks very much.